0: G'day Regular Radio regulars, you're listening to the Regular Radio podcast, the show that gets personal with musical guests from here in Australia and around the world.
1: We're your hosts M and JD and today we're joined by Brisbane artist Katnak You've heard his tracks on Regular Radio before, the last being back in March 2020 for our Quarren Stream live session. He's been up to plenty since we last caught up with his latest single Pinch Grip just recently being released. Welcome back to Regular Radio Katnak
2: How's it going, guys?
1: Yeah, pretty good. How are you going?
2: Yeah, fantastic.
0: <laughs> good. It's nice and late at night. You were doing some um, vocal teaching, is that correct, or vocal lessons learning?
2: Vocal lessons, yeah. I was getting getting coached because even though I've been releasing a heap of music, you, know, you still need to get better than you were before.
0: Do you want to give your vocal coach a plug? Why not? Squeeze it in.
2: I do. His name is David Soden. He's an absolute legend. So anyone that wants to be vocally trained, if he's got spaces, I definitely recommend him.
0: Where's he based, up in Brizzy? In Pimpamart. In Pimpamart, just up the road. Pimpama. yeah. Nice, well, we'll get stuck into it, mate. Uh, Pinch Grip. It's a pretty poppy and catchy tune. That you've had the opportunity to play as part of the uh, NRL Grand Final Fan Fest at King George Square in Brisbane. Opening for oh, Brisbane have. Outfit Shepherd. On a pretty big day on the footy calendar, how did you enjoy the experience of playing at such a great event at a time when gigs are pretty hard to come by still?
2: Yeah, look, it was it was great, you know, very unexpected, honestly. Um, the the call-up was a bit late, you know, uh, due to the whole COVID thing. They didn't know if anything was going to go ahead. So basically a week out, they were like, hey, this thing's just popped up. Do you uh, want to jump on board? And of course, we were like, absolutely. Ah, no, of course not. No, yeah, no, so sorry. We mate. I don't do grand finals. <laughs> yeah. So we um we jumped on and at that point we didn't even know we were playing with Shepherd. Um so, you know, we only a little a little while later did we find out that yeah, we were actually opening for Shepherd, which was um
0: That's awesome.
2: You know, a massive bonus. <laughs> and it was, you know, a great afternoon, heaps of people, such a such a cool stage. You know, we got put on the big screen. Cool. Like how often does that happen? Yeah, uh, that's never. Awesome. So, right. how often do awesome. you get
0: a grand final in Brisbane?
2: <laughs> yeah, literally never.
1: <laughs> that's so cool. You guys have received some fantastic airplay already on local radio stations and various podcasts. Is traditional radio as valuable to you as modern platforms such as podcasts and streaming services?
2: I I value them all the same. You know, yeah. it's it's one of those things where. You know, there is something to be said about how effective traditional radio can be, just for how powerful they are. Mm. Um, but I find that you get a lot more of human chats from podcasts uh, and podcasters, and you know the community stations rather than the big guys that just chat into you because they can. Yeah. Um, you know, so for me, I've. I've enjoyed a lot of the podcasts that I've been on recently and it's it's a lot easier to find podcasts when you want because, you know, they're advertised like YouTube videos these days. Like you just go, oh, there's someone that I know, I'll click on that (laughs) rather than having to be like, I think he was on this station and I think he was on at like 5 (laughs) o'clock, so I'm going to have to like scroll through and find it. It's a little bit difficult.
1: Yeah, definitely. I find podcasts are a lot easier to sift through and find stuff, especially from like one to two years ago too. So yeah, that is the, the benefit of them. Um, How do you go about getting the most out of your radio and your podcast interview um, opportunities?
2: It's just one of those things where, I mean, it's really up to people to watch them to get the most out of them because there's only so much you can do. I always share and promote as much as I can the podcast I'm in, plus the podcaster and myself and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I've but it's really your, uh, up to everyone else.
0: Yeah, your page is just lathered with uh, supporting other stations and podcasts. It's great, man. I like to see that.
2: It's it's one of those things where, you know, the the whole karma aspect of it, you just hope that by doing the right thing by someone else, the right thing's going to happen to you.
0: Yeah, exactly, man. It's a great, great mindset. I like that. Now, you had the pleasure of recording Pinch Grip with well-known producer Magoo. How did the I process, did. Yeah, how, how did that differ to how you normally polish and record your music?
2: Um, working with Magoo was probably one of the coolest things I've ever done uh, in the studio, just because even before Katnack was a thing, like back when I was in my previous band, Magoo was always on my radar as someone that I wanted to work with because I've always loved the Jungle Giants and Powderfinger. Um, So, you know, I've I've known about him longer than I, you know, probably have been doing music. Um, And so, you know, getting the opportunity to work with him was, you know, a, a dream come true, really. And he opened my eyes to a new world of recording that I knew existed. But, you know, how how often do you get your hands on, like, tape and all this other stuff? So, yeah. um, you know, he he comes from the, the analog world and I very, very rarely get to see that kind of stuff because it is these days so expensive to own and operate uh, anything analog. It's um, a new
0: thing, man. Like, these days, people have so much access to the digital world. You can record at home on a little solo recording interface, but you forget that the reason these guys get paid the big bucks is because they know how to use the old gear.
2: Yeah. And it it sounded so good. Like uh, in all of my previous songs that I've released before pinch grip, there hasn't been a single real amp in them. Wow. None of the guitar, none of the guitars have come through a real amp. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where I finally got to be in the same room as a loud amp, and I can tell you that they're very loud and they hurt. <laughs> um, you know, it's it, the tone that he got out of them, and the, the creative ways he could use those those old machines were just insane. Like, and I, all of my chain. Um, you know, my pedal chains or whatever would just come through the computer. So I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm looking for a delay. So I just slap that on and it's like so quick. Whereas he goes, you know, now I'm going to look through my six delay pedals and find the correct delay for the situation. Yeah, nice. And we'd, we, we spent more time on the guitar tone just physically making it work than we did on the actual song. <laughs> so it was... Um,
0: That's good to hear. It,
2: that, that was certainly different because a lot of the time I just go, I want it to sound like this and I click a few things, and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, I'm there. That's great." And then I move on because, it, digitally, it's a lot easier to just pinpoint what you want.
1: Mm-hmm. You're giving a lot of a, a lot of love to the instruments.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to change just a little off track now. But as an independent musician, how have you dealt with the challenges the last two years have presented?
2: Um. I'm going to give an answer that most musicians won't like, but I actually found it beneficial to me to have it kind of put a stop to all the live music side of things. Yep. Not in a way that, you know, for most musicians, obviously, they lost money, they lost income, they lost all of this stuff. It sucks. But for me, I was never at the stage where I was making any money off the live side of things. Yep. It actually put me into a bit of a headspace where I got to focus on writing music and perfecting. Uh, and training myself as a a vocalist and, you know, a songwriter, which is, to me, what I needed to do, but I never had the time through my old job plus having to go to these gigs every other weekend. Um, So it gave me the time to spend my afternoons actually practicing vocals, which I never did up (laughs) until 10 months ago. Um, So, you know, it's while it's not the answer that everyone would expect, I actually benefited quite heavily from getting shut out from live gigs.
1: The opportunity to finesse.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I right. had to put that word in there. Finesse. Any opportunity. Yeah. Good yeah. work, Emma.
2: Thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: <yeah. laughs> it's still only two syllables. You don't yeah. get extra money for that. <laughs> are based in Brisbane, how do you feel the local scene goes supporting its artists and bands?
2: Um, you know, you never want to really badmouth the the this, this scene that you're in or the city that you're in. But I feel like Brisbane as a whole is not the kind of city that really supports the local music as much as other states and other countries around the world. You know, mm-hmm. I... Um, I'm always grateful to, for the people that come out and see me, but they're generally people that already know me. Yeah, yeah. I find the hardest part in Brisbane is getting people that don't know you to come out. And thats it's not just me that feels that way. It's right. A lot of other bands just go, I cannot get anyone that doesn't know me to come out because they're like, if I don't know you, why would I want to go see you? Mm. Um, you know, you find a lot of the bands in Brisbane that are doing really well is largely down to the fact that they have huge um, friend bases yeah rather than you know like fans that don't really know them obviously it reaches a certain point where you have enough friends that eventually someone's going to bring someone that doesn't know you
0: it will, but, be, you know, it will be a friend and come along
2: yeah exactly but for me i um i uh, i spent a lot of my time at school you know just sitting in the library or you know yep. in the studio by myself so i never really hung out with anyone which was great at the time but now it <laughs> does not benefit me at all when i'm like please come to my gig and <laughs> you know, all two of my friends come hey, <laughs> at
0: least a mum and dad come along.
2: Uh, yeah, they used to, they used to, <laughs> they still support me very, very heavily uh, in other ways, but it's just hard for them to get out now.
0: Uh, Brisbane aside, do you have a standout venue anywhere in Australia that you can recommend to artists similar to you?
2: I mean, if- from a low-level artist perspective, or for someone that's already made it,
0: <laughs> Brisbane Entertainment Centre. We can probably leave that off, but um, yeah, not, <laughs> anywhere. Like for me, it's always about the hospitality of the venue. It doesn't have to be the biggest venue; they don't have to have the biggest crowd. But if they're there to look after you, and vice versa, you know, it's it's thing to have.
2: I've never played the Tivoli, but I've always been in love with how it looks. It's such a cool venue.
0: It is. It's um, very
2: nice. And, you know, it's, it's one of those venues where it just looks like a really good venue to play. I've never played it, but just standing in the crowd, it looks like the kind of place you'd want to be. Um, but from, from someone who's played the venue's perspective, in the Valley, I really do like the Woolly Mammoth. Um, and I uh, really do like Tomcat, as much as Tomcat is a very tiny venue. It it's just got this vibe that's unmatched around the the valley.
0: I haven't heard of Tomcat. Actually, I might yeah. check that out. Yes,
2: it's, it's a really cool bar. Actually, it's um, it's one of my favourite places to see live music in the valley.
1: Yeah, awesome. Might need to add that one to our list. Done. I was going to say, I'm I'm just going to deviate from the question that I was meant to ask. <gasps> Shock horror. Uh, do you believe do, like? Just talking about the scene and and venues, do you think that this the Brisbane music scene is kind of linked to the lack of um, variety in music venues that we potentially have, like in the southeast coast?
2: I I feel like it comes down more to what's popular at the time. Like a lot of the venues in Brisbane are very heavy and punk based, and then there's mm. you know a couple that accommodate to rock and you know alternative. Mm. Um, and there's a couple of acoustic venues that tailor towards that more uh, uh, folky kind of stuff. But there's no venues that really cater to pop, which I feel influences the fact that people don't really write this kind of genre in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel the genre that I write in or the genres that I write in because I don't really write in one genre, but it, it's more tailored to like the US and the UK, which is why I've you know, it's been a little bit difficult to get people out to gigs in Brisbane particularly just because they're like, this isn't something that I've heard around Brisbane. Mm. So, you know, it's it's tough when you're going up against a huge genre that is really popular in the city, mm. uh, or a huge couple of genres that are popular in the city versus, you know, a genre that's popular everywhere else, but not really in this part of the city.
1: Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely.
0: Mate, um, once interstate and international travel opens up, and apparently we have a uh, plan for that, according to the Premier as of today. <laughs> uh, do you... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do you have any plans to uh, get on tour and jump in a bus? And is there any you'd like to go first, even interstate?
2: We are planning next year. Um, you know, given that everything falls relatively back to normal, yep. um, we do actually want to do an East coast tour. Uh, so, you know, go up, you know, to the sunny coast in a little bit past that. And then, you know, some point other than that, come back down and, uh, go down to, you know, Sydney and Melbourne and, you know, all the places along that way. Um, you know, we want to do that. Um, that's just You know, if the time is right and we can get good gigs and that kind of stuff, you know, a tour is, is cool, but it's, it's really tough when, you know, it's, we haven't really made it out of our own city yet. So Uh. it's really, at least in my uneducated opinion currently, it might be a little bit hit or miss to do that kind of stuff. We want to see if we can take the music to the UK, honestly. Yeah.
0: You just got to market it, mate. We, we were the grand final uh, head act. Just don't even mention Shepard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just pretend they weren't there. It was just Cadnac.
2: We, we actually played just about a little bit longer than them before they got rained out, so, you know, we shared okay. set times.
1: Oh, look, look, you just need a little clip and you can just send it worldwide. <laughs> That's honestly
2: it. I mean, everyone knows it's right place, right time with the right clip.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's all in the marketing.
2: (laughs)
3: Yep.
1: Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on the regular radio podcast, Kat Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to accommodate us. And as always... Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) We appreciate your support and we'll do everything we can to give you ours. So make sure that you uh, let us know when you're playing and we'll pop along.
2: Absolutely will. I appreciate the time, guys.
0: And to all our listeners, if you'd like to hear Pinch Grip, be sure to check out the regular radio Spotify playlist for episode two via the link on our Facebook page.
1: Welcome back to
0: our regular radio
1: podcast schedule. We've got a few things to chat about before we check in with Newsman in Canberra for the latest in music news. First up, some things we missed and didn't have time for last podcast.
0: Yes, the Gold Coast Music Awards were held back on Saturday the 4th of September at Hotter in the Arts Centre Precinct on the Gold Coast. Becca Armani, Carl S. Williams, Mass Sky and Dennis performed live and were each nominated for an award. Becca, a first-time nominee, took out the Song of the Year for her track standards. A Australian-Fijian local hip-hop artist, Jeswa, was named Breakout Artist of the Year following a busy year of releases and tours, but top honours went to Gold Coast Country Boy and regular radio regular Casey Barnes, who took out Artist of the Year for the second year in a row. The awards were deemed a huge success and we look forward to next year's lineup as well as to see if Casey can match Amy Shark's record for three consecutive wins of Artist of the Year.
1: Hey JD, did you know that Casey's actually playing at the Groundwater Country Music Festival in Broadbeach in a few weeks?
0: I did not, but I did know that it had just been announced for the Byron Bay Blues Fest for 2022.
1: Mm, Very busy
0: very busy boy
1: (laughs) look while we're talking about music awards i thought it would only be fitting to talk about the mtv vmas that were on in late september yeah let's do it what you got i think it was early september but anyway um look i feel as though the vmas are never disappoint especially for their live performances and my standout's and I totally recommend everybody goes to the uh, MTV VMA YouTube channel to check check out Justin Bieber and the Kid Leroy's performance. Beebs. Yes, I know how much you love the Beebs. Olivia Rodriguez, she actually kicked butt and was awesome. Um, my favourite man crush at the moment, Machine Gun Kelly and uh, mm-hmm. Travis Barker, they did uh, an... Their their new song actually Paper Cuts, which was pretty awesome.
0: I'll be honest, I haven't heard it, and I do like Travis Barker, but
1: you need to jump on it.
0: But being no,
1: here, don't don't, but go and listen. <laughs> don't but. Um, and then there was also Buster Rhymes, who did like a mash up of a heap of his songs from throughout the years. I will throw the word in as a discography. And um, Alicia Keys did an amazing outdoor performance with. Uh, her grand piano as she she tends to do and um that was yeah you can't fault her at all so honestly there's something for everyone if you jump on and go have a look um olivia rodriguez actually cleaned up as the best new artist song of the year and push performance of the year so she's definitely one to give a listen to
0: might have to share some of those videos on our socials.
1: I think so.
0: Well, let's take five and head down to Canberra to get the latest in music news from Newsman.
3: G'day, regular radio regulars, and welcome to the regular radio news. I'm Newsman and ready to share with you some of the latest happenings from the music world. Let's kick it off straight away and head across the planet to the UK, where Billie Eilish will be the youngest solo artist ever to headline Glastonbury Festival when she topped the bill on Friday night, June 24th next year. The 19-year-old pop icon teased the news on her Instagram, posting a photograph of herself grinning in the Glastonbury hoodie, captioned, 2022. The festival co-organiser Emily Evers said she couldn't be happier to confirm the news. Eilish made her Glastonbury debut in 2019, performing to a jam-packed other stage on the Sunday afternoon after her set was upgraded from a slot on the John Peel stage. During her set, she lamented that she would never be able to experience the festival as a punter, saying, This looks fun to go to. I would love to go to this shit. My God. Earlier this year, she released her second album, Happier Than Ever, to widespread acclaim. Eilish will be 20 years and six months old when she headlines the festival next year. Eilish is the first headliner to be announced for the 2022 festival, which Glastonbury organisers are counting on as being a successful comeback after COVID led to the cancellation of the 2020 and 2021 events. Equinox, a mooted one-day event for September 20, was also pulled. In August, festival founder Michael Evers said he was confident that some acts from the planned 2020 lineup would return. Taylor Swift, Paul McCartney, and Kendrick Lamar were due to headline. The festival remained sold out, with 2020 tickets rolled over to the next viable event. After the government's test event scheme permitted festivals, including Latitude and Download, to go ahead earlier this summer, large scale music events were allowed to resume, assuming, of course, they could afford the risk of proceeding without government-backed insurance schemes. More than 5,000 COVID cases were linked to Boardmasters, a music and extreme sports festival taking place in Newquay. Eilish also made headlines recently for a performance in Texas at which she aggressively protested the state's near-total abortion laws. The Biden administration is legally challenging that bill. So, at this stage, I won't be attending the festival being uh, locked in Australia still, but if you're lucky enough to be in the UK and already have tickets, hopefully you enjoy that. Looks to be a fantastic lineup. Now, Regulars, if you haven't followed us yet, head over to uh, Twitter at news underscore regular and you can find all of our feature stories plus a whole lot more. Uh, Look forward to otherwise seeing you for our next edition of Regular Radio News.
1: Thanks, newsman. Love hearing a bit of Billie Eilish news, and especially when we're talking festivals. So, JD, are you ready to chat playlists? Oh,
0: I certainly am.
1: I'm just a wee bit excited to share some of the artists for our second episode. So, if you've listened this far, you would have heard our chat with Dylan from Katnack. JD's pick of the episode is Katnak's newest song, Pinch Grip. And it is one to bop and pop around to. And what a great dude. He is. Honestly, I really enjoy chatting with him. So me too. Yeah. My pick of the episode is from Newcastle lass, Lily Crane with Lemonade, bringing back a bit of nostalgia for me, but I'm not quite sure where that nostalgia is coming from, but I'm super digging it hard. And our third combined pick for the episode is named Thames. She's from Nigeria, and gosh, her vocals are clean, crisp, and super addictive.
0: So good. Get on it.
1: Yeah. um, Cool. Linking into our Music Award chat earlier, Thames has made an occurrence this year with multiple nominations across the various International Music Award
0: events. Thank you, Emma. And to finish things off, our regular radio website is almost back up. Keep an eye on our socials for details in the coming weeks where you'll be able to find all of our podcast episodes, a submission page to send us your music, subscription links via Google Podcasts, Spotify and Apple Music. Every episode we release will have an associated Spotify playlist featuring the music side of the podcast uninterrupted and ad free as long as you have Spotify premium. Mm -hmm. If you want to stay up to date with the news from Newsman, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at news underscore regular as well. Thanks again for
1: joining us. As always, it's been a pleasure to bring you the latest and greatest in music from around the world. We'll catch up again in a fortnight. So remember, stay regular.